A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocky! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andress belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name's John Larkin. I'm Stephen Moore. Uh, I'm Jordan Butler. And I'm Martin Fennity. And I've got a question for Martin mm-hmm. tonight. Martin. What would you give me for a basket of kisses? <laughs> oh, a basket of herbs. Oh! <laughs> That's got nothing to do with the film. No. Talking about that. no. It's got everything to do with the film. So, <clears throat> we are looking at, if you listen to us every week, every fortnight, you will find that there's a little section of our <clears throat> theme where some little brass is going on about her shoes. The uninitiated might not know what the hell that was. Or um, the more um, the more seasoned camp film mm. fans might know that it came from a film called The Bad Seeds from 1956. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The One of the most ridiculously melodramatic, over-the-top, cheesy... I just thought it was really underplayed. Corny. <laughs> <laughs> Very schmaltzy <laughs> fly on the wall documentaries about Stephen Moore you will never ever see. Very low key. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be dramatic. <laughs> picture an afternoon play from the 50s. But it is a play, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Transporters onto celluloid, and you sort of might get a bit of an idea of just how corny this film is. These are all compliments, by the way, from me. I love this film so much. Mm. Um. I don't know how the rest of the room feels about this film. No, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. I'm guessing positively. Instantly loved it. Amazing. It was obviously, a, it was obviously, a, it was a, it was originally a play, but it was only a hit two years before the film came out. Yeah, so it must. The play, I imagine the play must have had a huge amount of attention for them to sort of yeah, yeah it does. get off the mark so quickly having a film. Yeah. Doesn't it say at the start based on a novel by and a mm. play by? So it was like a novel, then a play, and then a film really fast. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, are the people in it who played those roles on in the stage shows? Most of them are. Probably yeah, yeah. All of them. All yeah. 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 And you, that's probably why my biggest thing is that for something so over the top and camp, the acting of every single person in this film is just perfect. Yeah. Like, no one misses a beat. Yeah. I just feel like everything's perfect. Yeah, the stage actors aren't, so it's... So that's... Yeah. Does that mean that makes more sense to me now, but that's why it was good quality actors. So just to give you a bit of background on the play, it was actually so successful that uh, there was a story in Life magazine about it, um, and it was shortlisted for the Pulitzer Prize for drama wow. as well. Um, but Cat uh, and Hotton, we've got it instead. Yeah, it opened in Broadway, on Broadway in, uh, at the end of 1954, and then it was there for five months, moved around the corner to 49th Street and was there uh, until the end of 19, uh, September 1955. The play ran for 334 performances and then the interest was so great that they sort of took it to 
the big screen. It was a, a, a nominated for quite a few Academy Awards as well. So this mm. is a, it also it was a big film. It's I always find it so strange how some things make it across the pond and some things don't. Mm. And just a few years later, Baby Jane was a massive mm. hit, sort of camp gothic horror thriller type thing and and for me this film sort of stands next to it in a way it's just I think I feel like it's not as tight as Baby Jane no but it's just as good and it's just as much of a camp classic for me so I often wonder why one film made it and the other film didn't mm. it is a really long long film yeah, like yeah. Two and a half hour. but the, like the time as well it's back when films were a bit more snappy yeah if it came out now, then obviously it would be like six hours long. <laughs> well, yes, totally expected for it to be that long, yeah. yeah. It'd just be a play now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, um, the film, so the, the premise of the film, it's about a, a lovely little girl called Rhoda Penmark who is able to charm her way into getting whatever she wants. And then there's like a competition about penmanship at school, yes. and there's a, there's a medal that she doesn't get, mm. but a little boy called Claude Daigle gets it. And um, she's really not very happy about this. And she goes home to her mum and she's complaining about it. And then suddenly Claude Daigle dies in a, a tragic accident at the, like, the local lake. And Rosa is there at the time, comes home and uh, is seemingly not really bothered that this kid's died. And then throughout the film we start to get the feeling that maybe Rosa had something to do with it. And then we get to, get to feel that Christine, her mum, has been suspecting something about Rosa for a while really, but she hasn't really been addressing it and then we get into lots of debates about nature versus nature the, the sort of nature of evil whether someone could be born bad uh, and whether Rosa is in fact a psychotic killer and in the middle of all this we've got the most sort of beautiful over the top dialogue um, Rosa is you know pigtails little white dress and says things to him I'm like oh mother I have the most pretty mother <laughs> don't I have the most beautiful mother and all this and um, one of the first things is when um, so so she lives with her mum she's still got a dad but he's always off somewhere he's in, is he in the he's military he's 18 minutes yeah. yeah and um, the, we come in on him sort of hugging her and kissing her and she says I'll miss your kisses daddy you're so big and strong mm-hmm. which we could all relate to yeah <laughs> I've said uh, that before. Yeah. So we've got Rosa and we've got um, Christine and we've got the the landlady. The, the, uh, Mrs. Breedlove. The, Mrs. Breedlove. And then we've got the sort of slightly simple handyman Leroy. Well, I... He's not so simple. See, that's well, the thing. He's, he's introduced as dad, isn't yeah. he? But then not... Oh, well, we're getting too far into it now. But. Who, throughout the film, is called Leroy by the posh people. <laughs> Leroy. Is his name Leroy or Leroy? If you're posh, if you're posh. I'd say Leroy. Leroy. Because yeah. I thought he was like, like a, I don't know, a, a Cajun or something, like Leroy. Yeah. I just thought it was Leroy, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I never heard the name Leroy. Hmm. This is so common. That's well, <laughs> <yeah>. Leroy. <laughs> the Roy. This is why I'm the perfect pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mind of an eight-year-old, but he's managed to produce a family, so I keep him on. 
me those shoes back? Oh, no, I got them shoes here where nobody but me can find them. Better give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me. I believe you did it. What'll you give me if I give you a basket of kisses? I'll give you a basket of hugs. I'll miss your hugs. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought immediately that um, we'd all sort of get a kick out of this. I saw this years ago. So, first impressions, whose first time was it? I hadn't seen it before. You yeah, haven't? No, I've never seen it. So, Stephen, go on, give us your... How would you sum this one up? Oh, uh, life goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always um, a fan of, like, kind of evil kid films and stuff like that, anything. But... Normally I watch them and I'm absolutely horrified by the kids and they genuinely scare me, they freak me out. Don't like that kind of film in a way that I do like it. Yeah. But like it freaks me out. But this is the first time I've ever watched like an evil kid film and just wanted to be here so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just worshipped her. Everything she did was just so, it was so me. It was so (laughs) like perfectly planned, like the language and the touching of the face, like you said before with the... I've got the prettiest mother, just yeah. to distract from a moment where yeah. she's like finding out about murder and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, I've got a pretty mother. Yeah. I love that distraction and the, the playing with it, everything. It was just, it was perfect. It was well controlled. John, what do you reckon? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I think the, the kids, they got to play Rose. It was brilliant acting. She's, she's just genuine, genuine, like creepy menace. He's convincing as like kind of like a sociopath. The one yeah. minute is. When she, you know, when she's almost caught, and then she just turns on the charm and, and, yeah. and makes it go away. Yeah. And she can, she's clearly done that to her mum for ten years and got away with yeah. it. Because the dad's not there, but the mum just doesn't doesn't have a clue, does she? Yeah. But the, the kids, I mean, the actress Patty McCormack, she was uh, a big success in, in the stage version yeah. as well. Apparently, she was really nice in real life, and she's quite sort of well adjusted for someone who was a child actor. Yeah, playing such a. going to say no. The pens and give her drugs or not like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> not that I know of, but I mean, the, so the director's. Um, what's the director's name now? It's something. Leroy. Mervyn Mervyn Leroy. Mervyn yeah. Leroy. Mervyn Leroy, 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 if you will. Yeah, and yeah. he's been he's been quoted as saying to me, you know, you know, does it bother you to play a girl who kills people? And she replied saying, "Oh, Mr. Leroy, I'm having so much fun." <laughs> <laughs> well, that, so, that sounds like an answer the character would have given. Well, yeah, yeah. Part of me wonders whether she was acting. I know. Yeah. So is she actually perfect, or is she secretly murdering all the competition? Maybe we've all just fell for her well, yet again. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Nancy. What's the, what's her name? Uh, Nancy Clark is it? Or Nancy Kelly. Nancy Kelly. Kelly. I love her playing the mum, Christine. I love her husky voice. Mm. Makes me think there's something quite sexual about her, and I don't know why. I think it is literally just because mm. she's got a husky voice. I thought she was quite a sexy woman. I like the um, the the landlady, the Mrs. Breedlove. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she's like a everybody. Yeah. Like, when she was, she met young when she was. Um, I love her introduction as soon as she enters the room and she just spouts off non-stop at like 2,000 miles an hour puts a sweet in her mouth and doesn't even miss a breath (laughs) (laughs) the sweet and continue on I know people like that and that's just like that makes me excited my absolute favourite character though is Paul Claude Daigle's mother Hortense Daigle (laughs) played by um, Eileen Hechert yes who was um, Diane Keaton's mum in the first Wives Club? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that, that was I knew her straight away as soon as I saw her face. She's amazing. Her performance in this film. Did she win an Oscar? 
I, do you know, I'm not sure. So she, um, um, she was nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, along with Patty McCormick, so they were up against each other. Yeah. Um, and Nancy Kelly was nominated for Best, Best Actress, Actress, but they didn't um, They didn't get any, any awards. Yeah, all. but she's amazing. Her scene really started... Mm. Her two, I think she's only in two scenes. Yeah, two yeah scenes. maybe three. And she steals the whole film mm. yeah. for me. Because she's like, we, we were uh, in another episode, we, you'll notice we've been talking about Joan Crawford and Straight Jacket and how she brings a reality to something that was ludicrous mm. in camp just because she's so good. And that's what this woman does. Yeah. She's absolutely amazing. It's she, what you notice is she's the only female character whose costume doesn't change. Right. All the other females, they're their costumes constantly change they're in mm. different outfits mm. every single time but she isn't she's in exactly the same clothes yeah. all the way through the film and looking dishevelled and you know, she, she's she's, she's, she's grieving yeah. and she's just she's taken to the yeah she's given up and taken to the bottle to get get through and she just plays it brilliantly she does and she play they play up the fact that she's poor as well yeah mm. um, I mean that's a thing like like, like any good play really at the bar, at, underneath it all is a sort of look at class mm-hmm. uh, and that and the relation between the two but the sort of working class and the middle class and, and, and hierarchy and stuff and that's mm-hmm. what you sort of get from these scenes she sort of always puts herself down doesn't she and says I know I'm not posh like you uh, you know you must think I'm a dreadful woman and all this sort of stuff and you, you just really feel for her and it's interesting all of that talk around nature and nurture and what influences things and the it's interesting that she gets the emphasis of the film is that everything is um is nature that nurtured can't actually influence anything and yet she's being natural she's the most natural character out of anybody yeah. in there yeah certainly the most genuine and yet she's the one who inspires the most um the, the most of awkward reactions from everybody everybody mm. looks down on it and yet she's the one who's the most natural everybody yeah. else is very contained and yeah. rigid and and upright yeah. and it and it's it, it it is that sort of play of yeah. snobbery of you you're you're being a bit too genuine exactly <laughs> yeah and even if they're not like directly looking down on her it's pity it's yeah pity. and it's not even just pity for the fact that you she's can't. lost her son it's pity at her and her standing yeah. in the you, world. You're not even sophisticated enough to contain your grief. Yeah. yeah, you should act mm. like a proper lady, should mm. act. Well, that's it, yeah. yeah. And she, it just shows you that, doesn't it? Because she's like, <clears throat> she hasn't got the airs and graces. So she's completely honest. She has a heart on her sleeve and, and is totally out there and says whatever she feels. But she's the one who raised the little boy that was murdered by their kid. Yeah. So, like, it, it just, it's just sort of, it's a bit of a comment on that, really, mm. isn't it? That this posh family... Who who have got all say all the right things, do all the right things, live in a nice area, and they're also buttoned up, and they never sort of let these ugly emotions get out in that way. They've raised the monster, yeah, and her poor kids is the one who's died, mm. you know. Well, I'm not letting the slightest degree run. No smart, she's told if you don't mind me being presumptuous. I had a long talk with that guard since I saw you last, and that was a long, interesting conversation. He said he saw Rhoda on the pier just before Claude was found among the pilings. She owes something, all right. Did you have anything? I don't care how small it was. Did you have anything to do with the way Claude got drowned? What makes you ask that, Mother? Now look me in the eye and tell me the truth, because I must know. No, Mother, I didn't. 
You're not going back to the Fern School next year. They don't want you anymore. Okay. I'm going to call Miss Fern and have her come over here. You think I lied to you her? You did lie to her. But not to you, Mother, not to you. You know something? Miss Fern dyes her hair. Anna Love does a great line where she's just pissed all the time and she just says, it's a pleasure to stay drunk when your little boy has been killed. Oh, that's so sad. And that I, line, that really I was really me. moved by that. Really moved. It made me think I'd like to see the play. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Does anyone still do it nowadays? Or it's probably forgotten if someone... But yeah, so that first scene and then the second one as well. I did think because I've had, I've had lots of experience with this working in the field that I work in. Uh, it just perfectly sums up how posh people find it impossible to interact with poor people. Yeah. And not even posh and poor, just middle class, working class. They find it impossible. The minute they get that sort of blind honesty from someone who who hasn't had the same upbringing as them, they just clench up and they just took yeah. they just doesn't look at each other mm-hmm. and go, Well, you say something, I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. Just takes doesn't uh, mon- the monarchy, is it? Just takes the Daughter right out of the room because he comes yeah. in to speak to her yeah. and they just can't even deal with it. It's just like she just walks off in disgust, like we can't, we don't even know, <laughs> don't even know what to do. Yes, this is why I'm so up. awkward. I'm around all of you. <laughs> 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 it is, it is. We're bringing Stephen to Stephen's um, class down just by yeah. sitting <laughs> breathing the same air. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, darling. Watch too much. Upstairs, downstairs, to the <laughs> 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 Mr. Moore. Uh, can we also talk about the headmistress as well? Oh, yeah. Fern, isn't it? I thought she was hilarious. Yeah. I loved this a bit weird. <laughs> I loved the bit at the start where she says, how did the other girls get on with Rosa? And she just goes, oh, look at the it's almost oh look at the time I've got stuff to do and I can't answer your questions she's brilliant, <laughs> she's brilliant. Um, and whenever Rosa's there with her and I, I applaud Rosa for well everything she does but throughout this film she's quite obviously taking the piss out of everyone yeah. mm. she's just laughing at everyone yeah. and with the headmistress she's laughing she's laughing the most I think mm. and she knows just how to wind her up yeah, and she even knows that the headmistress doesn't like it, and she's mm. not falling for the tricks, but she's still just extra nice around her to yeah. control her, because then she can't act against her, because then she's the one who's acting against the little kid. She's killing her with kindness, isn't mm-hmm. she? It's well played. It's there's very forced out. There's a great line where the, the, headmistress, <coughs> the headmistress says to Christine, the mum, smooth the lines from your brow, my dear. You're so much prettier when smiling. <laughs> <laughs> the moment of gay icon solidifying for me with um, Rhoda was where she says to, she says to Leroy about the little boy. Well, it was him that died, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Skates off on all the boots. Aren't you sad? Say, aren't you sad? It's like, why should I be sad? He's the one dead, not me. <laughs> she just skates off with the big tails. Seriously, gay viewers, gay listeners to this, if you haven't seen this film, I really want to know why. <laughs> Please tweet me and tell me why you haven't seen this film. You can get it on region free Blu-ray, uh, and you can get it illegally as well. Cuts Jonathan Butler. Oh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, I do love the fact that the mum is surrounded by the perfect set of people to solve her problem and have to debate with. So she's got. How do you psychologist? Psychologist, crime writers. Her dad's a crime writer. She yeah. has a crime writer friend, and upstairs is like an amateur psychologist. Yeah, and they all just. Happen to come around for tea and debate these yeah. things. 
and talk about um, what are they called? Angels of Death when like nurses kill off yeah patients yeah. And, which is all real stuff and it's all sort of linked to the plot that we, we, we yeah. realised towards the end as well don't we and it's like introduced early on but then kept keeps coming back yeah. and she pretends she's going to write a novel yeah or whatever what um, was it Shelley Frankenstein yeah, like yeah, an evening Shelley. yeah um, you know, just an evening thriller just to pass the time to come I like that kind of idea though and it is you pick up on some good little especially for time some really good psychology stuff that is actually some of it was based on stuff that I learned when I did my degree and I was like yeah. no what he's saying there is actually right there's studies that prove that certain things were happening and a debate about nature and nurture yeah it's true that it's meant to be a gene that is predispositioned to being a sociopath or a psychopath you talked about this before isn't yeah it? It was, because it is sociopathy isn't it there's no empathy you have no mm. empathy for anyone else that, that person's dead but it doesn't affect me because I no feelings about it that's Rosa or, or yeah, yeah. yeah the bit where the kid dies when the mum's like asking if she's alright well she's like no because he died we didn't get to have lunch can I have a peanut butter sandwich yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> iconic yeah. <laughs> so would, that, would, would, would sociopathy like sociopaths she's a sociopath would, no. would, would they have known that in the 50s would oh, they yeah. have called yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. did it they have that word then um, I don't know because they avoid saying it because they, say they, it. they describe it perfectly but don't exactly say it. But that's it because he talks about it like the lack they of probably, They probably did but probably not. Yeah. It was probably wasn't known popularly. Yeah. yeah, they probably had to just describe it to make it easier. Yeah. I mean, thinking now has gone beyond genes because actually genes are so complicated that you can't pin things down to a collection of genes never mind single genes. So no, no. It's a predisposition, but then... But actually, the yeah, best way things that they used to say were incurable, psychologically, actually they're turning around to, to, to say that they are curable. Yeah. The only thing that isn't probably is, is psychop is actually being a psychopath. Being a psychopath yeah. The best way to create a serial killer is just to have a really, really bad upbringing. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. lot of church and beatings and bedwettings and there you go. Great, let's yeah. do it. Um, those moments where they're having all these debates about nature versus nurture, they for me really showed that this is a play that's been transplanted onto TV, onto film. Yeah. Not necessarily adapted in the most smooth way. Not necessarily adapted in the most successful. No, way. it just feels like it's plonked. It's plonked in a studio in the film. Yeah, yeah, and for but me, that, but that for me is not necessarily a negative. It's, it's a different yeah. style of film because you can see that yeah. it's obviously being constructed from a play, so it's all very small yeah. sets. It doesn't go really go anywhere. Does well, it? I think a play with a play of less quality it would be a yeah. problem, but with this because it is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Is really good. yeah. It is. So you don't really mind it so much. It sags a bit. And you're a bit like, oh, right, get on with it. Where's Rhoda? You know, mm-hmm. she hasn't been on screen for the last ten minutes. Where <laughs> is she? But you're not really bored I don't think you're bored no, I, I, never I bored. thought it yeah. was I thought the pacing was fine for yeah. the film that's two and a half hours it yeah. was, but it, that, it's got it to play and it should grab you and I mean and yeah. it took you in yeah. I mean it is a very middle class play and underlying all of that is the message that you nature plays a part and you you are born criminal mm. um, and it's a matter of bad breeding if you are criminal which yeah. which you which begs the the, uh, the question about well what do you call criminal and who is uh, who's criminal so it's a very easy way of labeling people who are working class as being yeah 
you yeah, like, so all just bad breeding you know, if they, were, they wouldn't be poor and they wouldn't be working class if they had better if they were, you know, had better better stock in their yeah. family yeah um but it's a good it is a well written it's a well it is a well written play yeah and it isn't it's and it's entertaining and it's it's a great one it's interesting for me because you say about it being a middle class play and i think it is but usually if i watch a middle class play where, where one of the characters just one of the characters is working class it normally grates on me and i yeah. normally feel insulted and i normally feel uh defensive of that character mm. Uh, I feel like they're not written very well but with this I don't know maybe it's down to just the performance mm. of Eileen Hackett I don't know but that character does emerge as the, as the best as the most yeah. lovable character Definitely. in there yeah, yeah. and I don't know it, it could be because throughout the throughout the film she's totally heightened mm. so she, she's not talking like a normal person would talk anyway because she's pissed she's grieving mm. so maybe it's easier mm. <clears throat> for a middle class play to portray a working class person if they're in that state yeah. all the time because it's not offensive you'd actually understand where she's yeah. acting like that mm. you're not having to see her do day to day things in the house yeah. you just seeing it in an extreme situation it reminded me a little bit of Inspector Calls yeah and it, so it, it's like looking at the class of the people and like de- mm. deconstructing what happens within their class yeah so I, yeah. I, I did get elements of that from it which I thought was good I like that play yeah it's a great play I've never seen it I've read it but I've never seen it but speaking of what you were saying with the um the idea of that, oh, you have to be born that way to be it. <coughs> There's also that a lot of the times it's repeated throughout, oh, you no, know, you couldn't be from a good background and behave like this. It's got to be because you've been brought up bad around bad people, around bad mm. things. So they're making that commentary there, even when they're doing the counter argument, both yeah. sides of the argument, both saying it's about class mm. and it's about the things. But would, would this be a way for middle class people to excuse? why a middle class person would go out and commit crime yeah because then the argument would be people who commit crimes like this is cause of bad breeding but then when someone who is middle class or upper class commits crimes is that their way of explaining it and to say oh it's not bad breeding you know it's not it's not about it's not about the way he was brought up there was just something wrong with them yeah, so yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, not, it's not that we did the wrong thing at all yeah. you know we did our best middle class people do crimes they just do white collar crime and get away with it it's the end of the day you don't know better than us, bitch. Just because you've got a scuppin' on Garber. Can I go and sit in the scuppin' on Garber? It's so pretty. When, if we, when we move, something about when we move, when we move house, can we have a scuppin' scup- 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 on Garber? Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know what that was. It's the tree that she's sitting under, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. The scuppin' on yeah, it's I had to Google it. It's not a sex toy. <laughs> no, well, although... <laughs> not yeah. I made the notes, scuppin' on garbage, dash, oh, she's one little cunt. Oh, <laughs> 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 and then, it was, yeah, now it's next to this bit where she says, she's talking about poor Hortense, and she says, if she wants a little boy that bad, why doesn't she take one from the orphanage? <laughs> <laughs> the character of Leroy, or Leroy, whatever you want to call him, he's really good, like, he plays the yeah. kind of bumbling idiot fool thing, but then he's really kind of twisted, and second since oh yeah is that yeah I like the fact that sometimes it feels like he's talking to you he doesn't feel like he's talking even to Rosa sometimes she's mm. not in the shot sometimes she is but sometimes it just feels like he's talking to the audience and going oh she's just a pretty girl she thinks she's getting away with this but I see through her yeah. I can see that I'm smarter than that but like the way he changes his voice and everything to snap between the yeah, two it's brilliant though. it's just he's just really clever well, and really well acted that 
he plays up that, doesn't he? Because there's a line about him at the start. Uh, I think it's uh, Monica says he's got the mind of an eight-year-old, but he's managed to produce a family, so I keep him on. So he plays up that side and yeah. plays a bumpkin and stuff like that. But behind the scenes, he's not exactly really intelligent. He's got the, he's got all of the cards marked, hasn't he? That's he it. Because he's the only one who sees Rosa for what she is. Yeah. But that's it. It's because he sees Rosa for who she is. Because he's the same. Yeah. Because he's yeah, like he's exactly he the says, same. I think he actually says something. You're bad like me or something along yeah. those lines. She wouldn't melt butter, she's that cool. Well, she can fool some people with that innocent look she can put on, put off whenever she wants to, but not me. Not even part way she can't fool me. Don't want to talk to nobody smart, huh? Like to talk to people she can fool, like a mama and Mrs. Breedlove and Mr. Emery. There's some Excelsior for you. You talk silly all the time. I know what you do with the Excelsior. You made a bed of Excelsior down the basement behind that old furnace and you sleep there where nobody can see you i've been way behind the times here too far but now i got your number miss i've been hearing things about you that ain't nice i've been hearing you beat up that poor little claude dago boy in the woods and it took all three of the fern sisters to put you off him i heard you run him off the wharf he was that scared if you tell lies like that you won't go to heaven when you die I heard plenty. I listen when people talk. Not like you, gab, gab, gabbling all the time, won't let nobody get a word in edgewise. That's why I know what people are saying. And you don't. People tell lies all the time. But I think you tell them more than anybody else. I know what you've done to that little boy when you got him out in that wharf. You better listen to me if you want to stay out of bad trouble. What did I do if you know so much? You pick up a stick and you hit him with it. You hit it with it because it wouldn't give you that medal like you told them to. I thought I'd seen some mean little gals in my time. But you're the meanest. You want to know how I know how mean you are? Because I'm mean. I'm smart and I'm mean. And you're smart and you're mean. And you never get caught and I never get caught. I know what you think. I know everything you think. Nobody believes anything you say. You want to know what you've done after you hit him? You jerk the metal off his shirt. And then you roll that sweet little boy off that wharf among them pilings. You don't know anything. None of what you said is true. You know I'm telling a gospel truth. You know I've got it figured out. You figured out something that never happened. And so it's all lies. Now take your Excelsior down to the basement. And put it where you can sleep on it when you're supposed to be working. I just have a real problem that I don't feel like his character gets what it deserves. What do you want him to do? I just wish he had a moment to be truly evil. Yeah, I wanted the I wanted him to kill her with a rake or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but give her a good hoe. I feel <laughs> that child's a good hoe. I mean, I loved what happened with that. We'll get into that in a sec. But then I do. I feel like he should have been the one that gave Rhoda the compliment she yeah. deserved. Because yeah. I felt. Like he deserved it more than anyone else. Yeah, he Well, I didn't think he was going to because he's called Leroy and he's named after the director, so I thought, oh, is he going to be the director's, give, you know, yeah. give himself the hero? Okay, evil hero, mm. yeah. Well, anti-hero, I suppose. I love when he's needling at Rhoda and he says, I know yeah. exactly what you yeah. are. It's about the shoes and stuff, and he says about the electric chair. Yeah. And he mm. says, they've got, a, they've got a little blue chair for little boys and a little pink chair for little girls. <laughs> it's so sick, though. Like, 
And he says at this point he wasn't even sure if he was just messing with her. Like, so if he really didn't think that this girl was murdering people, that's vindictive little shit thing to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he talks about the um, the blood, the powder they can test for blood. Yeah, says yeah, it, and it's like, oh, if you've got a stick and you've bashed his head in, you can find that stick and test it for blood. And then the next scene, the kid casually just goes in to speak to him and goes. Mommy, is there a powder they can test for blood? And yeah. he's like, why would a child ever say that? that would, pounds. On, a, on a stick? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that what be... as well, though, isn't it? Because it shows you that she's actually, she is a kid as well, yeah. so she still makes all those wrong choices, yeah. doesn't she? That would be a red flag for anyone. Yeah, though, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How far along did, like, CSI come by this point? Because I was really confused by how accurate everything was. Cause... I'm sure they'd, they'd be able to see the blood had been there. But like with a blue powder because that's practically what you do isn't it it's just a blue liquid and then it and then it glows under hmm. the yeah it glows up probably it hasn't changed much probably yeah. hasn't changed that much I was wondering if the, it was just a really good guess or if the it had already happened and you know he put, well it, it could be winding up as well he, yeah he could be because that's it because the other bit was winding up mm-hmm. I was like so is this just a happenstance that actually they were right or whether they actually yeah. do mm-hmm. yeah. if you're from the 1950s yes I <laughs> Can you um, write in a message? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. I love, so the whole thing about the shoes, I mean, you'll have heard this in our opening theme by now, but uh, that whole scene is just amazing, the shoes reveal. Yeah, just to go back, I just like the fact, the clue there, that she uses her shoes, the way they placed it very early on, yeah, with yeah. the half crescent moon on her shoes and that, Yeah. and then he's got the half crescent mark, but I I actually didn't connect the two situations at all until it was said, and then I was like, oh, mm. that's why they made a bloody point of it. Yeah. I love how she walks through the house with the... Tip, tip, tapping away. Tapping the shoes. Yeah. Just, like, really exaggerated walk through the house. But the, because they did that, and they make her tip, tap, tap away, yeah. I thought that was the point of saying they modified the shoes. Yeah. And it distracts from the fact that, really, they're giving you a hint mm. of what's going on. And I missed it because they threw me. Which is good... I mean, she's dead honest now, isn't she, when they say, so why did you kill him? And she's like, but he wouldn't give me the medal. Mm-hmm. I know. He should have given me the medal. So she's got a point. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get me on why, so, you know, you yeah. have to die. She twatted him with the shoes. <laughs> and twat, twat, twatted. And then pushed him and, well, then, held him down? No, well, he was trying to climb back in and then she kicked him back in. Yeah, yeah because he had to in the back of his hands. Mm-hmm. So. But that's it. Doesn't she try and, at first, say, oh, it was an accident and he fell in and mm-hmm. tried to save him and then... Yeah. Comes out further than yeah, but I like the fact that it's not even a first time she's murdered someone for some fun. <laughs> and Rhoda's a sweet, perfectly sound little girl. Is father is she? Run, Daddy. Next to Daddy, you lift me up best. And I'm like, oh god, this girl is everything. <laughs> so we get the impression, don't we, that something's happened before, and the mum says, "You talk about a, a supermarket. It's like a, a grocery store, and a, an old lady fell down the stairs and broke her neck." But it's like the mum hadn't. It's only just sort of dawning on the mum that, yeah. that it's something suspicious. Yeah, because she really liked that snow globe. Yeah, that she sees on the yeah, side. That's right. Yeah, with was it a fishing or something like that? Mm. Um, it had something in it and she really liked the snow globe and she'd get it in the will and she'd said that to you, didn't she? Yeah. And then she um, she fell on some ice and fell down a spiral staircase yeah. or something to a death. And then she got the uh, globe and it's still sitting on the side of your bedroom now, isn't it? 
and I just love all that. It's just great. It's well, that become that's almost like a serial killer because they're their trophies now, aren't they? Yeah. Everything yeah. on that, everything on that, the medal, that. Yeah. And well, there's probably all those things that are there. That potentially each one's a victim, isn't it? So, so he's keeping trinkets and trinkets. And, and the implication with the um, the landlady. Yeah. That's brilliant. The lovebirds, yeah. yeah. The love birds. He said, I can have, I can have the lovebirds. So how long do lovebirds live? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as long as a person. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, we're going up. We're going up on the roof tomorrow to sunbathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like pure setting it up. She's yeah. planned everything already. Yeah. It's very quick. I'm good on it. She's great. She's efficient. Great. I did like that she had monogrammed stuff as well. She had CP on all the clothes. There's yeah. a Christina Penmark. It's like, that's classy when you've got your monogrammed, a monogrammed dress. Yeah. I love when, um, at the beginning, I think it is, and she... The landlady describes the colour of the dress she's wearing and all the pretty things and says she looks like a princess. And I'm just like, you just, I love when they describe the colours of stuff in black and white. Black and white <laughs> so that we know that it's meant to be princessy. Yeah. There are so many bits. I mean, I've, I sort of, this film helped me pin down what I consider to be a camp classic. And one of one of the main rules for the camp classic is if the film is full of scenes that you want to see reenacted by drag queens. Yeah. And there are so many of them in this film. I like when the dad turns up and he, she offers him a drink and they have about three gin and tonics in ten minutes. They'd all be smacked. He just kept drinking and drinking. It he was finished and was like, oh, I, don't know. I like the fact that every time she thought she was getting caught out, she lied and made a story. But then she did say something else that would disprove that one. So she'd just lie and make another story. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, he had, she had the medal that was 50 cents that he paid and then he wouldn't give it to her so she took her. And then it was like, oh, but I killed him. Oh, by accident, and then it was like, oh no, I actually killed him. Yeah. And she just keeps divulging, but she thinks each time, I just think the mum's yeah. woken up to her, but she still thinks that because she's always got away with it, she can still get away with mm-hmm. it, yeah. and she can still yeah. be cute and get past everything. But yeah. the world's blowing up around her. Yeah, because he's still trying to hug her and stuff, isn't he? It's like, oh, I've got the prettiest mother, and it's like, yeah. by, that, by this point, you know, so. It's not working anymore. Yeah, and then so then we get through the through the uh, course of one monologue, we find out that Christine was actually the daughter of Gosh. the Angel of Death. Yeah, who was the who was the nurse that people talk about when they talk about nature versus was it Bessie, nature. Bessie Danker. Yeah. Yes. So we find out that she was actually the daughter of her, so then we get into the whole, oh my God, is it genetic? Is it my fault that Rose is the way she is? And then it skipped a generation kind of thing. Yeah. I just love, but I love the fact that we're given that information mm. through one monologue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like these days it would all be done through like some sort of montage of investigation or, uh, you know, something convoluted, but this is just like she just says. Oh, the dad, yeah. the dad tells her, because... Yeah. The, the, but she works, she sort of says but it she knows, mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows anyway, doesn't she? Because yeah. she asks... Um, at the start, he's like, "Oh, I've, I always feel, felt like I was adopted." Yeah, and so like that's like the changeling. Um, that's like a common. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's a common yeah. belief. Yeah, that people think the royals or something. And she says, "Daddy, whose child am I?" Where's that entire bit? The description of her falling out and hiding in the bushes and everything. Yeah. Um. It's just she gives it such like. Like, I felt like I was there with it in those bushes, yeah. the way she's yeah. describing it. I was just, like, there in that moment, and she's, like, the mum's calling out for it, and she hides, and it's just, like, I find that really yeah. Yeah. enthralling. I was yeah. there yeah. with it. And she says, the end, why didn't you just leave me there to die? Yeah. And it's like, she'd rather just be dead. Oh, Which is a bit of a clue of what's to come, mm-hmm. really. 
Next to Daddy, you lift me up best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, John, but what about the film? <laughs> 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 mm. Yeah, Back to the film anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, feels really weird. <laughs> I just love when she's, it's all sort of falling down around her ears and she's realising what's going on and she calls the, the dad, she calls Kenneth, the husband, and she's on the phone and he hasn't even answered the phone mm-hmm. and she has like a whole monologue telling him what's going on and he hasn't answered the phone and she says, oh, Kenneth, my darling, my love. And it's very gloriously camp. And Leroy's grisly death. Yeah, I mean, if you sleep next to an incinerator on a pile of what's that thing? Excelsior. Excelsior. Just packing, is it? Just asking for trouble there. But it is really grisly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's horrible, and then he. But you don't really show you. No, but that's why it works yeah. because yeah. it's not, and it's all her reaction. Yeah, and it's just, it's quite horrifying. Yeah. I like, love. I just love it. That was so obvious what she's doing, isn't it? Cause yeah, because like, she steals the matches. Can I have a match? Think how much amazing. And then she puts them back, and she's still got one. Just tucked in her. Yeah, tucked in her fingers. Basically, goes and sets Leroy alight. And she didn't care. Though. Like that's it's proper vicious way to kill someone as well as setting them alight. Mm-hmm. But she just does it, and the mum's horrified. It was a flare-up in the basement. Tasker and arrest are putting it up now. I'm afraid, poor Leroy. Never mind. I saw him. I saw him run down the path and die. Can there be any worse than that? Seems he fell asleep on a, a bed he made out of excelsior. I suppose a cigarette set fire to the stuff. Please, please leave me alone. Monica. Monica. Monica, I just simply can't bear it. Now she is driving me. That's because he tells her he found the shoes, doesn't he? Because yeah. he says he's worked out. Because he does actually go into the record, doesn't he? Find yeah, the shoes. Find, them, yeah. find what's left of the shoes. And then... But doesn't she... she I mean, she does give him a bit of a warning, though, doesn't she? Because she says, I know you've got a bed by the, ex- yeah. by the incinerator. I think, well, he knows what's going on. Is yeah. not, does he not think this is going to be a bit dangerous now? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, because it's the Excelsior from the tea set. That yeah. Gets the tea. And then it, and she says, well, I know what you do with this. You you take it to make your bed behind it in the race. Yeah. But it's almost like he, um, I don't know whether he thinks she'd never do anything that obvious, that close to home. Mm. Mm. She wouldn't shit on her own doorstep, basically. I think that, that's probably got something to do with it. Yeah, well, it does have to shoot, so maybe he's going to take it to the police. Maybe mm. he's, um, he's on his way. Yeah. I loved um, when he came 
like the two people who found them uh, come bursting into the room and you go I'm afraid poor Leroy and she just goes never mind that yeah. just, like, <laughs> dismisses it he's just yeah. burned alive outside your yeah. house and it's just dismissed because yeah. he's the poor person again oh um, yeah it's true it's true yeah. Make them stop screaming. But yeah, this, this is having an old time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We get a true sense of how, like, kind of callous and sociopathic she is here, where she just starts playing the piano really loud, yeah, loud yeah, and it's faster, and it's building, and it's yeah. just, and she's screaming at the door, and it's, the, the whole crescendo there is just really effective. It's amazing, and then so then you you move on to the sort of tragic ending, don't you? Really, which I assume was the ending of the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought if the film ended there, uh, that's just like that's amazing. It would have been film. amazing. It would. It would have been amazing. Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. yeah. See, I'd like to say, I think it's just, I think it's just after the boy dies, and it's yeah. like they're, they're trying to talk, but they're just talking over each other, and you don't really get that in films yeah. much because it's like now it's like every actor wants to be heard, and it's like this is my part, this is my yeah. part, but with the talking over each other, and it's really yeah. effective because it's just like it is that kind of that madness and you wouldn't know what to do yeah. it's, it's really good I thought but Christine's cornered isn't she so she's got nothing else that she can think of to do and she's yeah. she's blaming herself for it um, she's thinking you know this is destiny because of our genes mm. um, so she um, then gives some vitamins some new vitamins some new, some new vitamins yeah um, and, um, and she says she'll keep very separate yeah, and you sort of... You, it's so written on the cards. It's yeah, amazing. but you get a sense of it as well, of just the sadness of it as mm-hmm. well, and how mm-hmm. awful this actually is. Um, and she, in effect, so spoiler alert, so she, in effect, is um, entering into like a murder-suicide mm-hmm. situation where she's going to kill Rhoda with sleeping pills. And then, she, so she does, she gives the Rhoda all the pills, and then she goes off and we just hit a gunshot. So we know that she's killed herself. You have some new vitamins to take tonight. New ones? Mm-hmm. Are those the vitamins? Yes. May I see them, please? Why, yes, of course. There's some that Monica sent down. Oh? You know, I think Monica likes me. I'm sure she does. Swallowing pills is just a trick. <laughs> You're very good at it. Do you love me, Mommy? You know about Leroy? Yes. You told me to put my shoes in the incinerator, didn't you? Yes. What did you do with the metal? I can have it now, can't I? I drove out to the playground alone, and I went out on the pier when it was dark and no one could see me, and I dropped the metal by the pilings in the water there. Mommy, Leroy had my shoes, and he said he was going to give them to the police. And then tell them about me, and that would put me in the electric chair. You don't so have I... to say any more. Will you read more now? Yes, but first you have to take these. So many? Oh, they're a new kind. I'm to take them, too. But it wasn't my fault, Mommy. It was Leroy's fault. He shouldn't have said he'd tell the police about me and give them my shoes. I know. Mm-hmm. 
That's all. Rhoda, you're mine. And I carried you. And I can't let them hurt you. I can't let them take you away and shut you up. They'd stare at you and make a show of you. And nobody can save you from that unless I save you. So sleep well. And dream well, my only child and the one I love. I shall sleep too. And there, for me, if the credits roll there, that's just perfect. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do now have another twenty minutes. Yeah, because yeah. Hollywood can't handle that kind of ending. Yeah, I think to get an end of that arc would have just been. But it's not. It gets much later. Well, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it gets so ridiculous. It gets camped. Very light. I think it's. Yeah, I think, as you say, it's Hollywood. I think to have an ending where someone kills their own child and then kills themselves, I don't, I don't think Hollywood would have... You wouldn't have got away with well, that. Well, I assume that was the ending in the play, but then when I've read into it, the ending is actually that, but then um, Rhodes is still alive. Well, this is what I thought oh, it was, yeah. because that's, that's the other acceptable ending for me. I would have accepted the fact that she died, but Rhodes is still alive. Yeah. Because yeah. they do that thing where they reveal it and they're talking yeah. about it and she's not in the room. Yeah. And then she hums and spins past yeah. the room and where her mum's lying in the next room. Yeah. That would have been an acceptable ending for me as well. I would have took that and it would have been dark and scary. And it, it's sort of ambiguous, isn't it? Because it's... Um, is the mum actually a bad seed because she's doing the unthinkable she's a mother who's murdering her own child mm, yeah. and I suppose committing suicide if you have if that sort of mindset of the, the 1950s or is she actually a good seed because she's trying to prevent any more, more harm to anyone yeah. to anyone else and it's it, you it's it's that circular argument that can never be won yeah um so what we have is Rhodes is still alive, but then also Christine's still alive. Christine yeah. didn't like yeah. coma. Up, like made a suicide ever. Yeah so, yeah, so neither of them died. And then you're thinking, oh my God, what's Rhodes going to do now to Christine? That's what I was thinking. Is she going to yeah. go and pull the plug on her or something like that? Yeah. Mm. So the Hollywood so the Hollywood was a moral code, which is a contradiction in terms. Okay. <laughs> um, the Hollywood moral code says that you can't have the killer prospering. That's, that's, why, they had, that's why they tagged on the worst ending in the world. Well, yeah, it, it, it basically becomes, you know, it's an act of God now, so yeah. it's God's punishing you for yeah. for what you've done, where, you know, yeah. a, a person can't do it. And it just... So, bizarrely, Rhoda decides to go off back to the lake where the little boy died. But in a very cute storm, off Is she trying to get the she's medal? After, I'm guessing it's after the medal, because she's... Um, who is it who takes the... Someone takes the medal and says, oh, I threw it back, I threw it back where yeah. he left mm-hmm. his body. So she... So yeah. she's clearly going back to find it. So she's going back to find it. There's no way that could have been washed away in the in the in the last few days, especially by the storm that's coming in. No, no. Um, and as she reaches for the medal, she's struck by lightning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the film just ends. It's just, doesn't it? It's a letdown more than anything. Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. She disappears a bit like um, 
one of the witches from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That's good or the bad witch. Yeah. And the um, the little jetty that she's on sort of very unconvincingly just sort of collapses, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we have a hilarious um, curtain call moment. Yeah, that's right. Where yeah. the cast come out, all take a bow, and then Christine, mum Christine grabs Rose and throws it over and eat and... Campley slaps in her body. <laughs> spanks, spanks the little yeah. But it's great. It's it's just it's so camp. Yeah. And then I loved the final, final screen of um, you just watched a film that's dared to be different. So <laughs> we implore you to not go out to yeah, the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so nice. Yeah. So cool. Although we have just done everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not too. There are a few. What was the other film that we watched that had that ending? Don't spoil the ending. It was like 50 years ago. I think yeah, I think so. the ending now. I think some Hitchcock films have that as well, don't think, pretty sure. There was There's something one. that we've watched. There's something we've discussed. That. Yeah. The yeah. head at the end. Oh. I'm trying to think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it? I It'll come to us. But anyway, bad seed. Yeah. Camp oh. as tits. Yeah, instant classic. Obsessed. I think the end was a letdown, but... Yeah. If it ended 10... You just press stop. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When yeah. she shoots ahead. <laughs> yeah. So when you hear the gunshot, nobody wants them to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. When he hears gunshots, yeah, just press pause and then skip chapters <laughs> till you get to the end credits. Yeah, yeah, the end credits. Yeah, it's just a shame for a film that is great for two hours ten minutes. Yeah. To, but as you say, it, it's obviously Hollywood's model codes at the time. Wouldn't yeah. let them do it. Yeah. And also sometimes, as much as it's really upsetting and annoying, when you get like. A film that's that done that good for so long, and then they just have an ending like that. You just kind of like laugh to yourself, like I can't believe that's how it ends. Yeah, like I genuinely can't yeah. deal with it. Yeah, when you and it adds a bit of fun. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't cope with what was the real ending, but that's what you came up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, off the back of this, so there was a TV show called One Step Beyond, which was I think like an anthology show of sci-fi things, and. Um, Patty McCormack was in an episode of it called Make Me Not a Witch. <laughs> and in it, a farm girl's parents are terrified when their daughter reveals that she can read minds, but a priest knows that her gifts can save two young lives. So I think they maybe they capitalised on Patty's performance mm. for a few years after the film. So I think that's on YouTube as well, so I'm going to yeah. give that a look. That sounds quite fun. There was um, a remake of The Bad Seed as well in the 80s with um, Lynn Redgrave and David Carradine. Um, and I haven't seen that. I actually, I, I forgot, actually, because I actually intended to try and see if it was on YouTube or something. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so that'd be something to search out. What year was it? 85. Lynn Redgrave, also in the TV remake of Baby Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that a Redgrave had such a dodgy <laughs> back design? <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, if you haven't seen it, I implore you to watch it. This is just camp classic at its best. It's really fabulous. But it's actually genuinely really good as well. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Fabulous well acted, well. Yeah, done. Just perfect camp, but not like so bad. It's good camp. It's just camp, well acted. There's also a terrible line in which I will. I'll show you. But I was a middle-aged mongoloid from Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> that was in mine as well. I was just like, what the fuck? Because yeah. it's, it's like, is it Mister Tasker who says that? Yeah, the dog. I think is he a bit of a paedophile? I don't know. The way he oh, talks about it is very creepy. Yeah, 
about how she's the prettiest girl and how, but it's like goes more. It's the just other. the yeah. way he says it is yeah. so weird. Yeah. It was a little bit off. I'm just yeah, because then that line just comes out of nowhere, and I was like, what the fuck? Where yeah. did that come from? Yeah. So, so if you're a uh, uh, among lawyers from Memphis and you're offended, <laughs> you're offended by that line, then please do let us know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Have your care at Twitter's. You can get me at Johnny Larkin on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, Cthulhu502. Uh, That's John Butler. Uh, HD99 for me. Right you can get me at the end of the jetty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for in the water, though? What's down there? Apart from blue algae, be careful. Penmanship metal. Thank you. Um, please do seek out the bad seeds. And um, seek us out next time as well if you haven't been mostly offended. <laughs> Especially if you're from Memphis, we do apologise. Get us, you can also email us at screamingqueens at gmail.com and also check out our blog, which we haven't updated for a while. Oh, you put a new one on last week, didn't you? Um, this, we don't know when this is coming out, so it might have been a few weeks ago. Right, okay. <laughs> but obviously, by the time this comes out, there'll be another one on there as well. Yeah, I've got another one started. Oh, there you go. Jonathan's prolific, unlike me. So, um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. You might Um, might not like it, but it'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. And um, if you tune in next time, we promise to give you a basket of kisses. (laughs) And a basket of hugs. (laughs)